Good morning. Hello, hello. <laughs> I have nothing to drink today because I forgot to take my thyroid medicine uh, until about five minutes ago, which means I can't drink anything for the next hour. So, well, I will drink cheers. my hot tea for you. <laughs> All right, you drink the hot tea. I'll sit here and think about drinking wine. Uh, and today, well, first, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah? I am good. I feel like I got ran over by a freaking freight train, freight <laughs> truck, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> freight uh, train? That, that's... Hey, Steve. And... Um, yeah, I I am I'm doing okay, but it Good. makes me realize that I can't like this is why I cut back on weddings. I my body it's cannot brutal. take like a full day of holding up a camera and walking around and dragging around equipment and all mm -hmm. that. Um, and it's I had brutal. A, yeah, I had a big shoot yesterday, and today I am suffering, suffering a little bit, and it wasn't <laughs> even a wedding. <laughs> right, right. All right, we got to say hello to Tim and Mike as hello, well as hello. Steve who are hanging out with us. Hey, gang, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing all right myself. Uh, I don't feel like I was hit by a truck, but I also wasn't looking my camera around. I felt like I was hit by a truck on Saturday evening. <clears throat> After your big shoot? After the big shoot, yeah, because we were shooting for, um, well, we weren't shooting for eight hours straight, but we were at it for eight hours in total. So um, my friend Amber, um, who's also a fabulous model, came over. And some of you may have already seen it, but I just love, love, love these photos. So I'm going to show them off anyway. <clears throat> um, <laughs> What's that? The candy yes, the shoot, candy right? shoot. Yes, the candy shoot. So Amber had this concept in mind literally for like a decade. And the first time we shot together, which was a year plus ago, mm -hmm. we actually talked about doing this. But um, she liked a concept that I had that had been on my wish list. So she was like, oh, let's do that. Let's do that. And then we can do the candy next time. Well, she's um, retiring from modeling. She's not going to be modeling anymore. Um, or if she does, maybe it'll just be like niche things here, there. But anyway, she's planning to like stop modeling and she wanted to like go out with a bang. And one of the things she wanted to do with this, was this candy shoot. So, um, I, I had just, this was, she posted this on Facebook and I was like, Hey, you know, if you think I'd be the right photographer for it, I'd love to work right. with you on this. And she did. And we did. And it was so much fun, uh, and so much candy uh, <laughs> yeah, how so, much money did you guys spend on candy? Um, it was like $60 worth oh, of candy. Okay. Um, she also, so I brought all the balloons that you see were balloons that I bought. And then um, she bought like all of the fake like lollipops and stuff like that. Uh, those candy canes that you see in the shot, I actually got at the Dollar Tree because when they got here, Amber and Noel started on makeup right away, uh -huh. and Amber's husband came with, Sean. He's uh, also a photographer, and he and I, like, laid out all of the supplies, and right. we're looking at it, and I'm like, we're going to need a lot more candy here. So while they were working on makeup, we ran to Dollar Tree and Walmart for supplies. Right, <laughs> for, for a sugar high. Yeah. So we got um, like just a bunch of candy, a bunch of, we actually also, this worked really well for bulk. If you look at the, if you zoom in and look here, you can see there's Fruit Loops uh -huh. on the floor mixed in with all the candy. That was great because it added the bulk and the color without being as expensive as like the candy was. And I love these. So do you see these bunnies? Those are little Easter decorations, but I saw them and I'm like, oh, those look exactly like Peeps. 
So I bought those and we dressed the set, which took a couple hours. Then we shot. And then she changed into the second look. While she was changing into the second look, we cleaned up the, the first set and then dressed the second set. We had a break for pizza and dinner because it, at that point we'd already been going for four or five hours or so. Right. Shot this look, which is also amazing, and just had a blast like the whole time. Kim was in here helping us, and we were laughing. Sean, um, Amber's husband, at one point, I asked him to, we were like uh, trying to adjust the set, and I was directing because I was looking at the frame right. in the camera. And one of these candy, one of these plastic uh, candy canes was off to the side and he bent down to do something and the hook went right up his butt and the candy cane shattered and we all just died. Like, oh, oh it was so fun. So yeah, after that, I felt like I had been hit like a truck too because that was a long but but really, really fun day. It, yeah, it yeah. looks so fun. The pictures are awesome. Yeah. And I know, like, it's, people don't realize, like... That's a ton of work. It, it is. And it's, and it's physical. Like, it's physical labor, exactly. Yep. yep. And people don't realize it. And it was funny yesterday. Like, oh, you're just pushing a button. <laughs> when I was walking out, um, the owner of the roofing company that I was working for, they were like, you know, we always thought like, oh, you just click a button. <laughs> like, but I like legitimately see why you charge so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was exactly. like, thank you so much. And they were like helping me, you know, load the truck up because I had a backpack nice. up lights and all that. And he was like, man, like this is time consuming. I'm mm -hmm. like, that's what people don't realize. And it's funny because there, there is a photographer in Pueblo who does commercial work. So mine's a little different from like pure commercial, pure mm -hmm. commercial is, you know, working with big corporations, really high budget. Um, and you license your images. Right. And what that means is for people who don't know, cause I think we've talked about this, you, you're aware of what licensing is. It's like, you take a picture and obviously like I own the copyrights to those pictures. Like mm -hmm. anyone who takes the photo, the person taking the photograph owns the copyright, but you can license it for commercial use. So a lot of times when you see in like magazines and things like that, like ad images, things like that, those are licensed images. So the image was photographed by the photographer and is owned by the photographer, but the photographer is renting it to the corporation. So every time they use that image, so that if they, use the same image in a magazine ad on like a Facebook ad and on a billboard, they are paying a fee, like a licensing fee per use. Mm -hmm. And so there is a photographer in Pueblo, which is two hours from me, it's down South, um, who is a pure commercial photographer and she does their um, town council photos, headshots and like all of that stuff. And so my client had gone over there before coming to their office to do the headshots for town council. And that photographer had given her a hard time as to why they're using someone from out of town for their images. And she was like, I can't afford to pay per image. And like for small business branding, like I couldn't afford to pay per image licensing. Right. And so my model is set up that like, I give them rights to use it within mm -hmm. the cost. I mean, I'm still not cheap, but I'm definitely cheaper than licensing, right. you know, per image. Um, and so they were saying like, oh, like we understand, but we're still not getting why people license it. And mm -hmm. I think when you approach small businesses, like that's my tip of the day. When you're working with small businesses, get, staying within their budget and giving them 
the ability to use those images multiple times is going to keep having them come back to you and not make them feel like they're being ripped off. Plus, like, you already gave him the image. Like, we live in a digital world. Right. It's not a print ad, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, my two cents on it. Yeah. So, we're going to say hello to uh, Mike, who's popped in, and my wife is here. Mike is sick, uh, but laying in bed watching you both. Mike, I hope you feel better soon. Yeah, seriously. Oh, Steve's got good news. He says, uh, put that price sheet out there. So far in two and a half weeks, got eight leads. Awesome. Nice. Uh, have one couple coming over to sign and book on Saturday and one other I'm talking to. So it's looking up so far. That's awesome. That is that's awesome. amazing. That's really great news. Yeah, that's really great news. Ah, it sounds like Renata is also sick. That sucks. I'm sorry that everybody's feeling sick. I know, and she's pregnant too, so that's a double double whammy being sick while pregnant because you can't mm -hmm. take any medication. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He says that BTS for our shoot was crazy. The cleanup was, how long did we spend cleaning it up? Kim I mean, said it, two and a half hours. Yeah. And it helped that the we cleaned the first set up to move to the second set. Oh, so okay. like a big chunk of the cleanup was during the shoot. And cleaning up the second set wasn't as difficult because there wasn't 11 I gallons of candy all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, Tim says, I'm completely taken by the red and white shot. The first one is whimsical and fun, but I'm in love with the other one. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I love them both for different reasons. I, I totally get exactly what you're saying. Um, Steve says I should have live streamed it. You know, I thought about it, but I just didn't want to even think about it because I'm still kind of like, you know, just... Done. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm thinking about next year and what I might do. But until the end of the year, I don't have any plans to do um, anything. And that doesn't rule out that I might not do something. Like I, I right. did that, that Photoshop rant video that I made about the iPad Photoshop version or whatever. But um, like, I just, I just didn't feel like I wanted to stream that because I just wanted to relax, enjoy the shoot and have fun and and that's exactly what we did and it was exactly the right thing to do but yeah it would have been a great shoot to live stream because a lot it would have been a lot of fun to watch i totally get that <clears throat> all right so today what are we talking about today zara mailing list email mailing list but i think <clears throat> in that same breath i want to add in text mailing list mm -hmm. um just mailing list in general because i think that's really i mean it's not just an I think. Like we both know that like yes. that is the most powerful tool in marketing. Yes. It has been from day one. Yes. And it will continue to be. There's way more response and you're building a better relationship when you are one on one um dealing with your customer versus just like a Facebook ad or whatever. Right, right. Because you're directly communicating with them in their home base. And you mm -hmm. own that. That's, it's yours. Exactly. So, uh, and just to, just to, sorry, I got to do something here real quick. Nope, you're okay. fine. And just to reiterate that point, to give you some real numbers um, from a real person, that person being me, um, I have an email list that has uh, 29,000 subscribers on it. It's crazy. And... 
Yeah, and that's like in the world of email lists, that's relatively small. Right. When you have pe- when you have people and or corporations that have lists with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people on them. Right. Um, and and I'm giving you two examples. So the first example is the promotion that I ran in August, uh, right after the tree fell on our house, and while we were at ClickCon, um, I did a promotion to my email list. Uh, offering 50% off of any of my courses. I sent seven emails over the course of four or five days, I don't remember exactly how many days, um, promoting this deal to the list. And over that course of that time, I did uh, $7,000 in sales. And those are real numbers. And I'm not saying this to try to brag, but those are the actual numbers of what happened. And then this past early October, I was part, and we talked about this last week, but I want to just reiterate it again. It was part of the five-day deal uh, offer and promoted that to my list. And uh, that was a similar series of, um, I believe, seven emails over the course of, they extended the deal, so it was like six days or something like that. And um, from that promotion, I did $4,000 in revenue. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's amazing. And when you think about it, I sent seven emails and I sent 14 emails over the course of those two promotions and did $11,000 in revenue. That's really powerful. That is really, really powerful. And it sounds simple. Yeah, it's crazy. It sounds simple, but there is a lot that goes into making that happen. So we're not going to hand wave away the work that goes into it. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, one of the key advantages of an email list is what you just said, Zara, which is that you own the list. Almost nowhere else do you own the mechanics of the relationship that you're working with. And that's a vulnerability. Yep. Right. If you're on Facebook or you're on Instagram or you're on YouTube or TikTok or Snapchat or whatever the, the social media, whatever it is, you are subject to the rules and the whims of that platform. And literally, that platform can flip a switch and destroy your business. And this has happened to people, uh, people losing their accounts or people dying due to an algorithm change when all of a sudden their audience just vaporizes. With email, you send an email, it's delivered to their inbox, and pretty much the only person that can stop that person, entity that can stop that or, or change how that works is the government because of spam and other sorts right. of laws, rules, and regulations. <clears throat> so owning your own email list is very powerful because it is direct communication with your customers and your potential customers. And that's no joke. That's real relationship building. Right. If someone trusts you enough to give you a real email address, that's, that's big. Yes. And the thing is, is like, I, I could probably go through and see how many things I'm subscribed to. And a lot of those things, yes, like go by the wayside. But for example, like there is one, um, she used to be a photographer. She is now like, she just does like coaching and mentoring and she puts out courses and I have been on her mailing list since like day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and for like years, like I hadn't bought anything from her cause she puts out a lot of free content and like I listened to her podcast and things like that. And then just recently she put out a um, program for podcasts, like how she created her podcast. And I was like, 
oh, that's probably a good one for us to have. Mm-hmm. Um, since, you know, we've been trying to do this and get the podcast going and all that. And so I, I knew, like, I trusted her. I believed in her products. Obviously, I've been listening to her for years. And so I bought it. And, it, like, it was a no-brainer for me to click on it. So it's like even if you might not be getting, like, immediate um, immediate gratification, revenue. immediate mm-hmm. revenue from it. Conversion. Conversion, that's the word I was looking for. Yes. Um, you are because you you continue to build this relationship through the emails. Um, you will eventually get them to buy something because you're becoming that trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because like people who don't want to be on that list, they'll just unsubscribe. Yep. They just leave. And, and so like the people who are still there, they're obviously interested in something. If, even if it might not be right now, yeah. they will be interested, you know, maybe a year down the road, five years down the road. Yep. Yeah. So when you're, when you're working with your email list, depending upon the product or services you offer, there are a couple of different approaches that you can take to selling to your list because that is part of what you do is you sell to your list, you you make your offers, whatever those offers are, and you hopefully want people to buy something. Um, and, well, before, but before we go there, yeah, um, why don't we talk about like the basics of how you build a list? Okay. I know we've covered yeah. it before, but like, let's just go over like what are like the steps that you mm-hmm. take to build a list and I'm going to take notes and then we'll put up the notes. Okay, super. So um, step one in this is you actually have to uh, decide upon an email service provider. Um, What you do not want to do is build an email list by keeping an Excel spreadsheet and then sending emails from your Gmail or whatever other account you happen to use. That is the exact wrong way to go about building an email list because... In a situation like that, it is very likely, like probably 99 to 100% likely, that Google or whatever the email is that you're using is going to look at you sending out, you know, tens or hundreds of emails immediately, the same email to everybody and go, that looks like spam. We're going to shut that down. Right. So you have to deal with and work with an email service provider. And there is going to be a cost associated with that. So as an example, I use AWeber. Uh, let's just um, bring up the screen so you so all can see. So for people who yeah. are just starting out, MailChimp has a free version for yes. up to like, I don't know, 100 subscribers or something. There's a limit. Um, so that could be a good place for people to start yep. because it is free. The the word of caution I have is when you try to transition, because this is what I did, is I tried to transition from MailChimp to whatever the heck I'm using. Mm-hmm. Uh, ConvertKit, I think, is what I use. Okay. Um, it is a pain in the butt, and I pretty much had to kind of, like, start over. Yeah. Because I'm lazy. Yeah. I, 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 by the way, buy that merch. <laughs> So I use AWeber. Um, as Zara said, MailChimp is a free... Um, they offer a free level, and whoops, Mailchimp, not Chip. Um, let's go to pricing, and so like free seven marketable channels, one click automation, all the basics for just getting started, um, up to two thousand subscribers, and uh, you know it, it shows you details here. You can you can and it grows with you as your list grows, and this is the basic um, payment structure 
of your email service provider. They typically work one of two ways. Either A, they charge you based upon the number of subscribers on your list or lists, depending upon if you have one or many in your, in your account. Or they charge you based upon the number of emails that you sell on a monthly basis. Either way, they're looking at the volume of, of email business that you do with them. So um, I use AWeber. And that and and I do recommend Aweber, but that they're not the be all end all. And I definitely recommend that you look at other options. Um, Aweber starts at nineteen dollars a month, and I think that's a, a, a pretty good balance for up to for them. It's for up to five hundred subscribers, and then after that, it starts scaling upward based on the number of subscribers you have. And right now, I have thirty thousand subscribers, as I said, or just under, and I'm currently paying two hundred and fifty dollars a month for my Aweber service. So, like again, real numbers, so you can get an idea of what this this will cost or what this will be like. And um, once you have your service provider, whatever it is, you send your emails through that provider. So, as an example, what you do is you go in, and let me sign in, Face ID, do your magic, and. You create an email. So 29,516 subscribers. So you go create message. And I like to send plain text messages with links. So I use the HTML editor. And you literally put the email together inside of the service. And then you you set when you're going to send it. You're going to set what list you're going to send it to. And it goes out. So like this is a very important part of the process is finding your service provider. And didn't you, I think you had sent me a link to something that helps you build those emails, right? Like to build the email sequences. Yes. Yes, I did. It something, And it was like a free, free thing. So yep. it's like you can build it in there and then transfer the HTML codes into this and then done. Yes, that service is called Drip Scripts. I will That's put that link into the chat right now. By the way, if at any point along the way you have any questions about any of this or questions about email lists that we're not addressing, obviously go ahead and put those into the chat. So as far as um, dripscripts.com is the tool for, for, they have email sequence templates. So I'll sign in and I'll show you what that looks like. Um, do, do, do. Face ID is pretty amazing. Hi, Hi dog. It okay. is, unless you have glasses on and you didn't take your picture with glasses. Oh, I've never so actually I have had to that like, problem. I have to take my glasses off when I don't have my glasses, or <laughs> when I have my glasses on uh -huh. for it to recognize me. Okay, mine works with them on and off, but I started with them on when I did the face ID thing, so that and might I be why. You don't have the rims around my uh, glasses. Well, rims. my other glasses had rims, but when I did oh. it, and and these are actually new different glasses, so. So maybe it just loves you more than it loves me. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so like right here, it's got these sequence tools you can use: new subscriber, welcome, webinar invite, product validation, product launch, cold subscriber reengagement, create your own sequence, you know, post webinar sales. And what's pretty nice is they show you. Oh, come on. Oh, here we go. So these are the they choices. Have, like, and then in there too. Yeah. They just change the wording a little bit. And exactly. Make so it looks so this is what like email one of the welcome um, they suggest looks like. 
you know, really simple. Um, just one more step. Thanks for signing up for getting the blah, blah, blah. After you go through, you'll be able to give blah, blah, blah. Customize it to your own list and then, you know, use that as part of your sequence. And this is another thing. Like, there's all kinds of, there's levels upon levels upon levels of stuff you can do with your email list because one of the things you can do with a service provider like AWeber, MailChimp, whatever one you use, is have what's called an autoresponder sequence. Okay, and what this is is a series of emails that will automatically be sent to a new subscriber. And it can be one email, it can be 100 emails, uh, but it's something that you essentially set up and program in your service provider so that when a person subscribes, like for me as an example, most of my subscriptions come through my YouTube videos, people wanting my free um, PDFs, which are photography guides. And so they'll come to the page, they'll subscribe to the list, and the very first email they get is a is an email that's very similar to this. Thanks for joining. Here's the thing you asked for, and um, whatever else it happens to say. And then after that, I have three or four emails that introduce them to uh, one of my courses based upon what brought them into my list. If a flash resource brought them in, I introduced them to my flash course, um, manual mode, etc. And so they get those emails over a, the course of three or four or five days, and it introduces them to my course, and I offer that to them. And some people buy it, and some people don't. So that's a powerful thing right there, is setting up an autoresponder sequence as well. Um, this is going to kind of be all over the place because dealing with an email list is a little bit all over the place, but um, all of this is, is important stuff to do. And all of this that we've currently been talking about falls underneath getting an email service provider. Because what you need people to do is subscribe to your list. And in order for them to subscribe, you need one of those forms that you see on whatever website or place you are, which is, hey, subscribe to my email list for XYZ. Enter your email here. Right. That's not a thing that you just sit down at your computer and go, oh, blah, 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 blah. Now I've got an email list. You actually have to go to your service provider and create one of those. Um, and, and I'll show you what that looks like. So I'm going to uh, just get out of this message and go back to AWeber. And I have here this sign-up forms page. So these are all of my sign-up forms. I have a stupid number of sign-up forms because I have a, a whole bunch of different free resources that I offer, and each one is different. And, and here is the time-consuming part of it, is creating those resources. Yes. Because they have to be things that are of value. So like for Spirit, yes. he's created guides that will help people get started with Flash, with basic photography, with whatever. Mm -hmm. um, for someone who, like, for example, for Steve, who's really trying to target weddings, uh, the guides would be things for your brides to use. So whether it's a questionnaire to ask your DJ or a how-to guide on dress shopping, or what to avoid when talking to a florist. I mean, there's a million different topics. Mm -hmm. You have to create guides that are your freebies that are actually useful, that people want. For example, like the last one I downloaded was, there is a psychologist that she calls herself the holistic psychologist, and she has a, um, she calls it future self journaling and it was really interested in the topic and so i downloaded her guide on how to 
do this future self journaling. And so now I'm on her mailing list and I'm getting emails from her, but it has to be specific to what service you're providing and something free, but it being free, it still has to be valuable. And that is time consuming to create. Yes. Yes. That was part of my whole breakdown was the stress <laughs> of doing all of that stuff. Right. Um, but uh, I do want to say that that is one model. Offer free value information resource thing to people. People subscribe to your list. Um, that's very common. You've all seen it. Some of you here are on my list because of that. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't, that doesn't have to be the only proposition. Um, that is a proposition. So um, it, as a business, that is the most one of the more common propositions. Um, however, there are other things you can offer. You could offer subscribers exclusive discounts, right? Discounts that are only available to people who are subscribed to your email list. And that can be enough of an incentive for some people. And these are just examples. These aren't any, um, none of these are things that you have to use or that we're saying you should use. Um, the key is that you need to be providing some kind of incentive and or value that is going to entice the person or persons that you want to subscribe to your email list. Ideally persons, because if you have right. a list of one, that's a small customer base. <laughs> uh, yeah, the simple free thing absolutely works. It literally built my entire email list. And right. one of, see, one of the things that you'll notice is like, if you, if you spend any time at all on Facebook, which I'm pretty sure we all do, um, or Instagram, right? We're all getting slammed. Every other post is an ad. And um, I'm sure you've seen a number of those where it is offering you something for free and you click through and you're being asked to subscribe to an email list to get that. Again, common situation, free thing, subscribe to email to get it. However, they're paying, they're basically paying for their subscribers because they're paying to run those Facebook ads, and then those Facebook ads are driving the traffic to their form, and they're hoping that the, the um, lead magnet is generally, is the quote-unquote industry term to refer to the, the free offer you're making, is enough to get them to subscribe. And there's nothing wrong with that model other than the fact that you're spending money. Right. Um, my model was make YouTube videos and those YouTube videos then drive people to my my um, landing pages where they subscribe to my list for my free thing. And I have paid $0 for subscribers onto my list. I did once upon a time spend about a week playing around with Facebook ads. I spent about $100 and realized I had no fucking clue what I was doing and, and stopped doing that. But my entire email list was built off the back of my videos. Now, it wasn't free because I spent a lot of time right. invested time into money. that. But the advantage of doing that over the advantage of doing the paid Facebook ads is the minute you stop paying Facebook, your traffic is gone because your ads are gone. Right. My videos continue to exist on YouTube and continue to drive me subscribers. As a matter of fact, um, if we go back to my AWeber account, let's just take a quick look here. Um, <clears throat> I am not. I'm not currently making any videos, uh, as you guys know, and yet I gained 27 new subscribers to my email list yesterday. 
um, and seven new subscribers today. Six of them, six people unsubscribed, which happens. That's going right. to happen. You don't fret over those numbers. But but literally, by I'm doing nothing, and I'm still gaining subscribers to my email list because the content that I made previously is what is industry, the industry term for that is is evergreen. It's out there and it continues to exist and it continues to provide value to people and that value brings people to me in my email list. Right. So um, the if you want to think about your business long-term and your email list long-term, the, the smart way to go is to not do paid ads um, to build your list and to do evergreen content for your list. However, doing evergreen content sounds easy, but is not. It, it's it's, it's just yeah, it's just as much work as everything else. So that's something that's worth keeping in mind. And the I mean the paid ads are the easiest way to go. Yes, yeah, so the easiest way. And and there's there's nothing wrong with doing paid. Again, I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like that's a bad thing to do. Um, just just realizing that if you pay, you have to do a di- uh, uh, you have to do a calculus there because you have to pay the money for those ads, and you have to look at how much you're paying for those ads, and what how it's many- costing you per subscriber. Right. And, and I mean, you can do the same thing with your time, right? But like yes. you said, when it's when it already exists and it's on a platform that isn't going to go away as soon as you stop paying them. Mm-hmm then you can have that working for you even when you're not working. Yeah, yeah. And wow. and I want to be clear, there's not again, there's nothing wrong with paid. You can even do both. Right. Um you just have to you you just have to do the calculus for your own business and figure out which one is going to work better and understand the advantages and disadvantages of each method and and what they'll do for you short and long term. Exactly. So if we're looking at um a like basic step by step. Your first thing that you need to do is find an email provider. Again, Aweber, Mailchimp, Constant Contact, ConvertKit, Active Campaign. There's a bunch of them out there, um, and I would recommend starting by looking at Aweber or Mailchimp because those, I think, in my opinion, um, offer the best sort of like cost feature set. Yeah. Um, point, and they've been around a long time and are very reputable companies. <clears throat> Um, the second thing you need to do is within that service provider, you need to create a list. Um, generally within service providers, depending upon how much you're paying them, you can have a single list or you can have multiple lists. Um, but the, you just need a list. This is the list that people are going to be subscribing to. And then once that's done, you need to create your actual subscription form, which each service provider will have a builder of some sort. Again, if we go back to Aweber, I can go to the signup forums and I can hit this create a signup form and they have templates that you can choose from. You know, they, they start with a simple thing. You can pick all kinds of different stuff. You can customize it um, and, you know, make it look just about however you want. But the key thing is that this has the code necessary on the back side of it so that when people put their email in there, they end up on your list. And if I save this form, I'm just going to call it test form to delete so that I know to delete it later. I'll show you what that code looks like. Delete this form. And it's just some code. Like right here, it's just some JavaScript. And you you put that JavaScript 
on your website somewhere. Um, whether you use WordPress or something else, you put that code in a place where you're allowed to put code, and then you'll end up with a page that looks something like this. Uh, photo slash, let me think of one of my, um, not flash, lead magnets. Um, I can't think of a single one of my lead magnet links now because it's been a while. Um, I think concerts is one. Haha! And this is what my page looks like. Mine's very simple. It has a picture of the thing that they're going to get, and then it has the form. And people sign up. Like, that's the basic process. <clears throat> okay, let me go back to my notes, because there's, there's a lot that goes into this that we're not touching on yet. So, all right, Zara, what do you got next? Or you want me to keep going? So, I was just going to, like, recap. Okay, go ahead. So, you have to decide on a provider. Yes. And then from there, you have to set up the emails that are going to get sent out. So you have to set up your lead magnet and you have yes. to set up like a welcome email is what I would call it. A where, welcome sequence. Yeah. yeah. A sequence of, you know, three to five, would you say? Emails? Um, it, it's going to depend a little bit. Um, I think three to five is probably good. Um, if you're not selling something. Then you might want to go on a on a sl on a lower amount of emails. If you are going to try to offer them something immediately, you may actually end up with a higher number of emails to sort of like warm them up to the sale. But three to five is a good place to start in terms of the 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 number. Okay. And, um, and so you have that, and then from there you're gonna create your offer. Correct. Okay. And your offer again can be. Um, whatever pertains to your business. So, you know, uh, uh, to use weddings, for example, again, I think you were talking about this last time in the time before Zara, uh, about this particular photographer that only books through her email list. Yep. And so she, photographer. right. So, uh, so she may not necessarily be making an offer immediately, but, but her clients know they need to be on that list if they want to book. Exactly. Right? So you could take a model like that. You could take an approach where your welcome sequence is, thanks for joining my email list, here's your free resource, and then three or four emails build upon um, you know, the resource problem. So as an example, um, you know, they, they come in because they want information about finding a DJ. So you talk a little bit about that's part of wedding planning. So your next emails talk about the problems that they have with wedding planning and the risks associated with finding a bad photographer, as an example, right? right. Uh, the idea is you are, create, you, are, you are proposing a problem. You want to agitate that problem a little bit and, and help them understand what the problem is right. and then offer the solution. And ideally, your product is the solution to that. Right. right? So after a few emails, um, you're, you've said, you know, Finding the right wedding photographers can be a real pain in the butt. You want to get somebody that's experienced. You don't want somebody who's going to show up with, you know, their smartphone and uh, not know what they're doing and then send you 5,000 garbage photos and, you know, you'll be heartbroken. I'm a professional. Book now and you'll get 50% off your wedding. Right. That's just a very, you know, and and all of that is is malleable and mutable, but that's a basic example of what you do, what you could do. Right. And so you're, you're making an immediate offer to them and giving them the opportunity to act on that offer. 
Now, the other thing that you are going to want to think about and do with your list is decide how often and what you're going to email to them. Um, in my opinion, you don't just want a list that's nothing but selling because right. I don't know if you've ever been on a list like that. I know I have. It's a pretty quick turnoff. Yep. So you're going to want to be emailing them some sort of content information that is valuable to them to keep them engaged with your list and to build that relationship with them. Because if they don't immediately accept the offer that you've made for them, like Zara said earlier, down the road, there's a high likelihood that they'll accept some kind of offer that you make for them at some point and they'll buy something. <clears throat> so you have to decide. For me, for those of you who are on my list, you know that... For the most part, I email once a week and I email some sort of a photography tip, tutorial, um, bit of information, technique, something like that. So I have a very clear value proposition. You come in based on photography information and you continue to get photography information from me. Right. And then periodically I say, hey, I've got stuff for sale. Maybe you want to buy it. And people do. And that is they feel personally the best approach um mm -hmm. gary v has a book it's like uh jab 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 right hook yep, yep that's yeah. the one so it's like you provide with you know the idea is three to five free bits of information that are valuable mm -hmm. before you try to hook them in yes um, for that sale and the when i look at the people in our industry and outside of our industry who are really successful in building like a strong following, they are people who have provided valuable information for that specific product. Mm -hmm. um, like there is a personal trainer that has now like from when I started following her, she was, that's all she did. She was a personal trainer that worked at a gym and now she has her own food prep company. She has her own um, supplement company. They have, uh, their own gym so she was working for someone else at the time uh, she has like a CBD company mm -hmm. um, a clothing co like they have several businesses now and it's only been like five to seven year process mm -hmm. um, but if you look at her social media almost everything on there initially was like workout programs and nutrition tips and her showing examples of how to do different lifts. Mm -hmm. And so even though they were small things and someone could sit and go through her Facebook and go through her Instagram and put together a program for themselves, but then she sells personal training programs and she sells challenges. And because she has provided so much information and people trust her, they're more than happy to pay that hundred or $200 mm -hmm. to get the program that's already set um, versus trying to do it themselves. Yep. Yep. And, and that's the exact same thing that I've done. Um, my videos contain all of the information that I've given over the years. My right. courses, my courses most definitely overlap with the information that is on my YouTube channel. Right. And a person could spend as much time as they wanted watching all of the videos on my, on my YouTube channel and not have to buy my course and come away a you know as good as as good a photographer as they would if they had bought my course. Right. But because you've pack you package the the product in a different way, you make it easier and more accessible and because they trust you, they'll buy. Right. 
Right. <clears throat> and a lot of times people will say like they're they have no buyer's remorse because it's almost like a thank you yeah. for providing all this other information that you have over the years. Like they feel obligated to pay you in some way and this is their way of paying them. There was a, a, I can't even remember, but it was, it had something to do with like the bar, like the law mm-hmm. lawyer bar exam thing. And he had put together this guide on, um, how to study for the bar exam and it was all free and all that. And so he had built a mailing list based on this, this program that he had put out there that was free. And then he came out with like a book or something or a course and the people who had already passed the bar exam were, buying it. were purchasing that. And so he was like, I don't understand what's going on. And when he emailed some of them, they, they literally told him like, we just wanted to thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, I'll probably never go through, you know, this ebook, but hey, now I have it and it's my way of supporting you for helping me when I needed help. Yep. Yep. And and I've had people email me very similar things. I, I bought your course. I didn't really need it, but your your videos and everything are so great that I just want to support you and thank you right. for, for the great work that you do. And that's, that's an amazing feeling. Right. Um, and it's... And it and that you are building the relationship and building the trust. That's it goes back to that relationship, yes. right? People yep. do business with people they like. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, do we have any questions from anybody on this? If not, um, y- you know, there's there is a lot more that we can talk about. Uh, but I wanted to take a few minutes uh, and talk about what you mentioned at the beginning too, which is things like text lists and other things, um, which are. Are, are looked at as new alternatives to mailing lists. So text messages have a 95% more um, open rates than email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's huge because oh, emails have a pretty big open rate, um, especially when you compare it to other things. Right. But think about it this way, like your phone is constantly in your hand. For most people, our phones are constantly in our hands. And so being able to build a mailing list that is, or a text list that is easily accessible to people is incredible. So I was talking to the girl who brought it up to me is the one who just has the mailing list. That's how she books all of her sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she said that she's using textedly is the one she uses. And within two hours of posting the thing about, Hey, you know, I'm doing an email or a text message email list. You will get all of our offers plus any new information. And when calendar goes out in text, she had 80 subscribers in two hours. That's pretty good. Um, And I think, yeah, that's, that shows how powerful this can be because again, people are going to access their texts a lot faster than they're going to access their emails. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so there, she said that there were like a couple of different ones that she had looked at, um, textedly was the one that she's using. And then let me see if I can find where the other one is. While you're looking at that, Kim, uh, Kimberly had a question. She said, when you have your email list, can you remove people or once they subscribe, they have to unsubscribe. No, nope, um, you can remove people. Yep, you can absolutely manually remove people if you want to. Um, otherwise, they obviously have the power to unsubscribe as well. And I have I have gone so far as to block people from my being able to resubscribe to my mailing list because, 
you know, occasionally you'll get people who, um, you know, email you just horrible emails. And I've gotten those emails and I don't bother to respond to them because that's not worth the time and energy. Um, but I'll just, I just go into my, I go into AWeber and I put their email on the block list and they're off my lists. All of my lists are immediately unsubscribed if they haven't done it themselves already. And they are prevented from being able to resubscribe in the future. And it's generally, it's very easy to do. You just pop into a, a little spot on your uh, service and block them. Or if you just want to unsubscribe a person but not block them, you just look up that particular person and hit a button that says unsubscribe and boom, they're gone. So that's usually, yeah, very, very easy to do. Um, one thing I will say is uh, another thing that a lot of people, at least in the business world that I've seen, have talked a lot about is also using tools like Facebook Messenger and uh, or WhatsApp um, and other services like that. And I'm a bit more wary of those, not of text messaging, because text messaging is, is going to be similar to email in the sense that you're going to own that direct communication. Um, I'm skeptical, skeptic, skept, skeptical, that's English, skeptical. skeptical. <laughs> I am skeptical of using something like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or another messaging platform for the exact same reason that I talked about earlier. You don't really own that audience. Um, even though you might think you do, Facebook can very easily just decide, oh, Facebook Messenger and Messenger lists and business messaging is going to be this way today instead of the right. way it was, and boom, your business is dead because now all of a sudden the thing that you had relied upon and built on, it, it just is not what it was supposed to be or what it was promised right. to be. So um, I, I think that's a, an important point to make because messaging is very obviously very, very important. Um, but consider your ownership of this platform, whatever the platform is, before you invest time and money into into it. Okay. Did you find the other one? Um, so the other one is called Shout, but I'm trying to find their um, their website. I think this might be it. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the text that Lee has, like, it looks like Chick-fil-A uses them and, mm -hmm. uh, GoDaddy and Lyft, Lyft and yeah. Art Association. So it looks, looks pretty legit. Here's yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I haven't done anything with text, text messaging yet. I'll say this, um, uh, just, just based upon how I feel about te text messaging and the messages that I get, um, I think you'd need to approach that and think about your messaging on there um, carefully and differently from the way you think about doing it with email. Right. Um, because you don't want to be blowing up a person's phone. Right. So uh, I would say that the text messages should be directly for promotion. So, mm -hmm. hey, we have, um, you know, 50% off for the next 24 hours or a flash sale or something like that where you right. keep it short and sweet, and it's just when you like have super urgent sort of information that you want to get them versus like the welcome emails and all right, that. Right. If you're doing a sequence of emails that is going to lead up to a product sale, then that is more of the email list, and the text messages need to be more of like, hey, we have a Black Friday sale going on. Click right. here to get information on that. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I think, and I think when people sign up for the text message, it needs to be very clear that it's only for offers mm -hmm. versus the emails. You're obviously going to get more information, more, more information, stuff. more fluff in a sense, right. uh, because it's easier to ignore those than these. And if you annoy someone, I feel like if I got like five or six texts from one of these things. Oh, I would immediately be annoyed. I would, I would unsubscribe. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's very important. And I think, I think the takeaway from that is that don't look at a text list as a replacement for an email list. Right. Um, they should run in tandem. And, right. and, and along that, I want to, I want to make another point, which I think is, is something that, um, is worth making, which is people have been saying for decades that email is dead, um, but email is still very much alive, right? What is what is a universal open communication system that we have in the world? It's email. I think that's one of the few truly open communication um, systems. And yes, you use whatever Gmail or or something for your email, but email is wholly interoperable uh, right. in a way that other things aren't. Text messaging is close to that um, because text messaging is also pretty universal. Um, obviously, there's some differences with things like iMessage and, and whatever, but if you have a phone number and you have a service, you can usually get your message through. So um, I think it's really important long-term to think about that and really think carefully about your platforms uh, and stay away from platforms where you don't really own the relationship or the audience uh, and, and the mechanics of the system. And I know right. I've kind of beaten that point home, but I think that's a really important point. So uh, I would say, because we're, we're nearing the end here, I would say the challenge that we would give to people for this is if you don't already have um, some sort of an email list infrastructure in place to um, start planning that out. And step one, just to recap like we did earlier, would be to find an email service provider. And doing so is pretty easy. Just go to Google and search for email service providers. Yeah. But two that we'd recommend you start with as, as options are MailChimp and Aweber. Yeah. Um, and if you are depending on what you're going to do with it, with your mailing list, um, like if you are going to provide courses or things like that, there are a couple of other options that might be easier because they're more integrated. Mm -hmm. um, you can do webinars and things like that. Like Kajabi is one of them. Right. However, they are way pricier. Like Kajabi, yep. the cheapest you can get is like $150 a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, so starting with something that's really price conscious, I think is a good idea. So going with Aweber or MailChimp. Yeah, yeah. Steve says he's probably going to look at uh, MailChimp this week because yeah. um, it sounds like a good place to start. And I would agree with that. MailChimp is a good place to start. I started with MailChimp a long time ago, um, and then I switched over to Aweber because at the time that I was with MailChimp, they didn't have some some tools that I needed, and right. so I made the jump over to Aweber. And um, I think because MailChimp does provide the free portion, a lot of the other mail things like Aweber, ConvertKit, whatever, they'll actually work with you to take everything from MailChimp and, and move you over. Yeah. yeah. So they'll actually help you with it because I think a lot of people start with MailChimp because they do provide that free mm -hmm. options. Yeah. 
That's uh, I agree, and I think um, generally speaking, if you reach out, because these these companies generally have phone numbers and live chats that are actually right. real people on the other end that you can talk to. Um, you, you, they're pretty approachable and you can always, it doesn't hurt to contact them and say, Hey, you know, I'm looking for a provider. This is my right. budget. Is there something we can do? Right. The worst they're going to tell you is no. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've lost a little bit of time. Right. Um, Steve says he's working on a checklist for brides to download as a free thing. It's simple and has value. That's great. That's great. Um, yep. The, the, I think the step two would be once you've decided on an email provider, you can sign up immediately if you want to, especially if it's MailChimp because it's going to be free to sign up. Right. Um, but the next step is going to be thinking about and actually doing a little bit of planning as to how you're going to use that list because the content that you deliver in the list is very important. So make some sort of a content plan. How many times are you going to email them? What kind of content are you email that are you going to email them? Right. Are you going to have an immediate offer? If you are, what is that offer going to be? If not, that's okay because you can always make the offer later on. Um, you don't have to immediately have an offer. <clears throat> and go ahead. No, I was just oh. nodding in agreement. Okay. Um, and then once you have thought about that and, and, and sort of plan that out, um, the next thing and the hardest thing is trying to get the subscribers. So, um, you know, you can have your, your checklist as an example, um, but getting that in front of people, that's the harder part. Right. And, and so you have to decide, do I want to try to do that by running Facebook ads or do I want to try to do that through things like content marketing? Right. Um, you know, again, in my case, it was YouTube videos. There are many different ways to do it, even from, you know, Facebook posts where you make a post that is valuable to brides and share that information and maybe you do run it at whatever the case is that is good the the hardest 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 part is actually getting people on the list setting right. all of this stuff is setting it all up is relatively easy it's the initial attraction yep yep it's the initial attraction and um it took me you know it's taken me a long time to build my list up to the point that it's at now so um be prepared to look at this as a long-term project that is very likely to start slowly. Right. And that's okay. You should still pay attention and give love to your list and nurture it um, and build it and think about it as that long-term project. And honestly, you, everyone should have started building mailing lists like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had started my list earlier than I did because I waited longer than I should have to start my list. I don't remember how long it's been now, but, uh, you know, I, I should have done it earlier. Right. Um, it, it's like with anything, the earlier you start, the, the more of a head start you have on other people who are um, right. trying to do the same thing. So um, Russell says, I'm looking to build a list and group for my boudoir. And that's good. You should absolutely build a list. Yep. Um, groups, I'm, I'm a little bit just like, again, with everything else, I'm, I'm skeptical of using things like Facebook groups and whatnot. But um, having it is a good, good. Yeah. Attitude. As an alongside, it's good. Um, right. as, as an only it's not. So I'm going to beat that point to death because I think yeah. it's a really important point. Well, and like how I always refer back, well, at least the last couple episodes refer back to my friend. Um, she has a boudoir group that's how mm -hmm. it started out and she has like twelve thousand people in it um but 
the mailing list is how she uses it. She uses the group to get people into the mailing list. Yeah, see, so that's a, that's another approach you could take. You start the boudoir group, use that as a way to get people on your list. Right. And that way, the group facilitates your list, but the group isn't, you're not dependent upon the group. Right. You, you, the list and is your thing. Like Steve just made a really great point that like the long-term, um, you know, the long-term game pays off. And it's true because like, if you are in this business and whatever business you're doing and you're only there for like the instant paycheck, mm -hmm. you're not actually looking into building a business. You're looking for a quick payout. Right. And that's almost like the, the MLMs, right? The multi yep. marketing schemes like, Oh, you'll make this much money right now. Like I am in this to build a business that in, 10, 15, 20 years is still bringing me money and still being able to provide me with the lifestyle I want versus just the instant gratification of a paycheck right now, which I get it. It's like, it's a necessity to have money to pay your bills. So you, you have to do things to get money here and now, but you also have to be thinking about the long-term plan. And this is where it sucks being a, independent entrepreneur or an solopreneur as some people would call it where like mm -hmm. you have to do the instant marketing and you also have to do the long-term marketing yeah by yourself yeah and so. just to just to to stress the importance of that like my my main goal going into the new year my main plan is to focus on what i can do with my list you know whatever i do on youtube is going to be incidental in my opinion because right. um my list is is it, my list is literally where the money's at uh and so yeah. i'll i'll probably be making some new courses and you know sharing those to my list and trying some other stuff um the list is growing because of all of the groundwork that i've done over the past 10 years on youtube right um and it's even if it moves to the next step yeah exactly i have to move to the next step and even if it were to stop growing because of youtube um, a small fraction of the people on my list have have ever bought anything. Right. Um, and so there's it's not infinite potential, but there's still plenty of potential there, right. especially, you know, if I make new products, new products. And then all of a sudden nobody's bought the new product and I can, you know, right. so the money's in the list. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. And if you haven't started a list, you should start a list um, now. It's important. It really yep. is important. And it's a long-term strategy. It's absolutely a long-term strategy. Yeah. Um, Russell has one question, and this will be yes. our last one, because okay. I actually have to run. Okay. Uh, what social media managers do you use? So I know Spiros uses – are you guys using Later now? Um, we had been using Later, but um, – we're we're at I'm we're still using it, but once our term is up, we're probably going to stop using it and either look to something else or just use Facebook's built-in tools because we principally use it for Facebook and Instagram, and right. Facebook offers the tools itself now. Um, so yeah, Facebook offers the tools to do it, mm -hmm. within, uh, but not for Instagram. Instagram doesn't have anything yet. Um, there is Buffer that is a multi-resource. Um, and then I use plan yeah. for Instagram. Um, I do so want to add a bunch of things. Yeah. Hootsuite is the other one. Yeah, I don't really like Hootsuite. I don't either. <laughs> um, I, I will add that Facebook, 
Facebook, as long as you have a page and your Instagram account is a business account attached to your page, Facebook does allow you to schedule Instagram posts from oh. your page to okay. Instagram. Um, if they haven't already, I, I thought they rolled it out to everybody now because we had looked at it before and I had it, but other people hadn't gotten it yet. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's rolled out to everyone now. So um, that's probably what I'll be using going forward after our later um, plan is up. Just Later is fine, but I kind of don't like it at the same time. Some of their interface stuff is really annoying. Um, yeah. And that's that's just me. All right, so you got to go. Um, before you go, y'all should go buy the merch, buy the merch, buy the merch, buy the merch, buy the merch. Go to, to shp.photo slash bizmerch. Kim, Kimberly said she bought some stuff. Thank you so much, Kimberly. We appreciate you and your support. Um, if you don't want to buy the merch, that's cool. Tell people about the show. Tell people about the group. And tell people about the podcast. You can get the podcast at shp.photo slash podcast. Or you can just search Business Wind Up wherever you happen to get your podcast. It doesn't matter. It'll and we will be there. Yep. And we'll be back next week. Yes, next we'll... week is the day before Thanksgiving. Ooh. Ooh, that should be a fun show. Yeah. All right. We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate okay. you and taking the time to spend with us. Thank you very, very much. And have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye. Yeah.